Hey, Jen, want to start a podcast about married sex? Uh, no, not really. Great. Today, we're going to talk about sex. What is sex? How would you define sex? What does your definition of sex say about your perspective of sex? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, providing biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website at IntimateCovenant.com. Here are your hosts, Matt and Jen Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right. We're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We are Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We've been married to each other for 23 years, and through our struggles and by following God's plan, we found a marriage relationship that is solid, intimate, and hot. We're not licensed therapists, but we speak from a place of vulnerability and experience. I'm a veterinary specialist during the day, and Jen is my amazing wife and super mom to our four kids. Our passion is mentoring and teaching about God's plan for marriage. An intimate covenant is our organized effort to serve the marriages that we have been blessed to impact. We want to provide biblical perspective to marriage so that you can have a deeper relationship and an extraordinary sex life. We offer group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, intensive weekend seminars, an annual marriage retreat, and now a podcast. And nothing like jumping into the deep end by starting a podcast and talking about sex. Here we go. (laughs) All right, Matt. So starting this podcast off, we're going to be talking a lot about sex. So you tell me. So right off the bat, let's define sex. Ooh, what a great question. And I think a great way to begin this discussion and many more uh, discussions that are going to follow. So, great question. What is sex? I I think um, if we take a broad look at sex and even society and take a look at how does society define sex, I think it says a lot about um, our cultural perspective about what sex is and why that might be important. So, how is sex commonly defined? What do you think, Jen? Uh, I think sex is commonly defined by intercourse. Okay. I think you're right. I think when someone says, um, I had sex, or someone says, I want to have sex, I think um, to a great extent, what they really mean by that is that they had intercourse and that their definition and our cultural definition, unfortunately, is sometimes limited to that definition alone. Right. Now, that may or may not be a problem. I think that that is a limited definition, and I think that limiting the definition of sex to just intercourse presents some problems, and here's what I mean by that. But, well, let me back up and say, first of all, maybe let's try to broaden our definition of sex just a little bit. And From this point forward in our podcast and in our discussions, 
when I talk about sex and when we talk about sex, I'm not just talking about intercourse. I'm talking about any physical activity that is intended to arouse or stimulate sexual pleasure with your partner. That's not what we were taught growing up. No, and that's unfortunately not even the definitions that are provided in sex ed or when you talk about sex with your parents or when you talk about sex even from the pulpit. Unfortunately, our definitions become limited and we only talk about intercourse. But I want you to broaden your definition to any physical activity that is intended to arouse or stimulate pleasure. So, again, for many, sex begins and it ends with intercourse. In fact, we even use language to talk about what we do with sex and sexual positions. And then we talk separately about something called foreplay, which is all of this other touching and petting and kissing and licking and everything else that might happen before we actually have, quote, sex. I think there might be a lot of reasons why we try to define sex that way, but here's my theory. I think one of the reasons we want to define sex that way is because it gets a lot of us off the hook. What do you mean by that? Well, it gets us off the hook because... If we engaged in all of this sexual activity, maybe before marriage or outside of our marriage, that doesn't include, technically include, penile, vaginal intercourse, then it gets us off the hook and we can still claim that we have been faithful or that perhaps that we were virgins when we got married, as long as we didn't technically have penile, vaginal intercourse. But... I hear discussions right now from young people who um, claim that they're still virgins even though they've had oral sex, they've had manual stimulation of one another's genitals, and even some kids are going as far as having anal sex with each other just to avoid being uh, th- losing their virginity, so to speak. Right. Uh, I-, I would tell you that... Uh, You know, if my wife, if you had oral sex with someone else, I I think that counts as adultery. I don't know. I think the Bible would also support that definition as well. The other problem with with defining sex as just intercourse is that it means that sex begins and ends with a husband's pleasure and climax. Right. Mostly. You're right. Because most women don't actually climax, have an orgasm through intercourse alone, which, to be frank with you, Matt, most women think that they're broken because they don't do that. But, ladies, great news, turns out up to 70% of us don't regularly orgasm through intercourse alone. And we can get into the, that in a later podcast in more detail. But going back to our definition of, sin, of sex, when your definition is just limited to intercourse, then that excludes female pleasure for a lot of women. Sure. And I'm no expert on female pleasure, 
um, by, by any means, but it's not that women don't have pleasure with intercourse. Right. But most women require some degree of direct clitoral stimulation in order to experience orgasm. Again, as you mentioned, some studies suggest up to 70% of women require something besides just the thrusting action of intercourse in order to experience maximum sexual pleasure. And so a wife's pleasure soon becomes an afterthought or an aside if we just limit our definition of sex to intercourse alone. Right. So, Matt... We're going to stop here and take a break, but after the break, let's try to understand what it means and looks like to expand our definition of sex, and frankly, why does any of this matter? Intimate Covenant hosts an annual retreat for married couples to provide a space for focused instruction and relaxed time with your spouse. Whether your marriage is good, great, or struggling, Our purpose is to promote godly marital intimacy in all realms of your relationship, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. This year, our retreat is being hosted at the beautiful Houston City Place Marriott at Springwoods Village in Spring, Texas. For y'all that ain't from around here, that's just north of Houston. The date is September 24th through the 26th, Thursday evening through Saturday afternoon. Our theme this year is Redeeming an Intimate Covenant. We're going to cover topics like building oneness in all aspects of your relationship, igniting sexual desire, overcoming emotional barriers like trauma or betrayal, and tips to make married sex great again. You can find more information and register at our website, intimatecovenant.com. You'll find registration options, including one or two nights at the Venue Hotel. Or this year, we're offering a more affordable option, day passes for those that prefer not to spend the night at the hotel. But time is running out, so register soon. We really hope you'll join us. Welcome back. All right, Matt. So let's dive in to what it looks like to actually broaden our definition of sex. If it's not just intercourse, what is it? Great question. Okay, so again, here's my definition of sex. I think this is the definition of sex that uh, the Bible also teaches, that sex is any activity that is intended to bring sexual pleasure for your partner. Um, Say that again? All right. <laughs> Any physical activity that is intended to bring sexual arousal and pleasure for yourself and your partner. All right. Um, again, I, I want you to think a little bit outside the box that we've been put in, and I want us to think about sex in a way that is not just limited to intercourse. And let me just explain a little bit more maybe why I, uh, why I think that this is the right definition and, more importantly, the definition that's supported by Scripture. Uh, I think, first of all, intercourse is a part of sex, obviously, <laughs> um, it's, but it's bigger than that. I, I think we can support that intercourse is part of God's sexual plan for couples, um, clearly because uh, God commands 
and authorizes procreation. And obviously, there's not really any other way to account for procreation without penile vaginal intercourse. So for that reason, I think um, intercourse obviously belongs within our definition of sex. But something that many of us overlook or we don't really want to include for some reason in our definition are things like manual stimulation. By manual stimulation, what I mean is one person um, pleasuring themselves or the other uh, with their hands. Okay, so that's manual stimulation. And I think there's plenty of ways to back that up. This is not really intended to be a Bible study per se, but there are plenty of references in the Song of Solomon that refer to manual stimulation of each other, of, of spouses. Uh, and so I, th- I think that is something that in, the, in a book like Song of Solomon that's devoted to sexual arousal and desire and sexual pleasure and activity between a married couple, um, that's a great place to go if we're looking for a definition of what would be included in that and something that would be authorized uh, by God. Wait, Matt. So a minute ago, you said manual stimulation of self or your partner. What do you mean by that? Okay. Yeah. I kind of just blew right past that. And some of you might still be picking your jaws up off the floor. Okay. So (laughs) they're going to be picking their jaws up off the floor throughout this podcast, aren't they, Matt? Maybe maybe that's a good reason we included this break because uh, it's going to take us a minute to uh, get back up, get our heart rate back to a appropriate level before we just go right through this. But to your question, so when a couple is having sex, um, they are engaged in its most intimate and deepest and rawest form of becoming one flesh, as is uh, commanded in the first chapter of Genesis. And really what is helps to define a marriage is becoming one flesh. Genesis chapter two, sorry. At the end of Genesis chapter two, um, that definition of marriage, um, which includes becoming one flesh. If you're one flesh together, then why does it matter whose hands are doing what and where and to whose body parts? Um, You are a, at that point, you are a four-armed, two-headed creature, um, (laughs) as it were. And That's sexy. It, I mean, <laughs> depending on how you look at it, but you're you are becoming one flesh. You are exchanging the the emotional connection, the spiritual connection, and the physical connection. And whose hands are doing what and where and at what time make very little difference. I think um, because you are sharing that sexual experience and sharing that sexual pleasure together. And I think that's really. The, the primary point there. So manual stimulation, I think, is um, clearly authorized, certainly based on uh, the idea just from the concept of becoming one flesh. Uh, but you're referring to manual stimulation of self when together with your beloved, not by yourself. Pers- yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's an extremely important caveat and extremely important um, differentiation to make. Because I I believe, and I think the Bible also would support that uh, solo or secret masturbation has no place in a covenantly bound relationship. 
your sexuality is something that is intended to bless and build up your partner and yourself, but it's something that must be shared and you are not behaving in a one flesh manner if you are uh, expending your sexual energy on yourself or others outside of the marriage bed. Right. So is masturbation wrong? Well, it depends on what you mean by masturbation, but certainly secret and solo masturbation has no place in marriage. All right. So you've got now within your definition of sex, intercourse, manual stimulation. Is there anything else? Well, I think there's probably some other things that could go in this list, but I think the the third thing that is clearly um, indicated or clearly uh, mentioned in scripture is oral stimulation. Um, for one thing, if, if manual stimulation is okay, then what's the difference if you put your hands on it or your lips on it? Um, <laughs> if, if kissing each other on the lips is okay, then why would it be wrong to kiss someone on the neck or the hand or anywhere else? So um, oral stimulation, I think, is certainly appropriate. And I think that there's even pretty solid evidence that that is something that was uh, mentioned and described in the Song of Sol- Song of Songs as well. And again, uh, those scripture references are there. Read the songs. We we did an entire uh, retreat focused on Song of Songs, and those recordings are available on our website if you're interested in um, seeing what uh, Song of Songs has to say about it. But um, again, intercourse, manual stimulation, um, or oral stimulation, I think all three of those things belong within our definition. Of sex. All right. So my question before the break, Matt, we've gotten to now is why does any of this matter? Wow, that is that's a great question, and, and uh, I guess that really is where we uh, most importantly need to go with this discussion. Is that uh, there? It, it matters because I think again by limiting our definition to intercourse you may be limiting yours or your spouse's potential for the blessing of sexual pleasure. If if you limit your thoughts of sex and when your partner wants to have sex with you or asks to have sex with you or you ask your partner to have sex with you, if you're limiting that to just intercourse alone, then one of you may not be getting all that you could get. One of you may be uh, missing out on the the potential benefits and the potential pleasure that's available to you for sex. If instead sex means that I want to invite you to a period of sexual pleasure, however that may be able to come about, then I think you're inviting your partner to something much bigger, much more enjoyable, something that's really a lot more appealing, frankly. Um, if, if your spouse doesn't really enjoy sex with you, maybe it's because you're not offering to them all that they really could be getting. Right. So I think that's one place that this matters. The other reason that I think it matters that we need to broaden our definition of sex is that, and I think maybe more important than just getting pleasure alone, is that by broadening that definition, you open the door to more meaningful sexual experiences, because you are then able to tap into what is the true purpose of sex. And maybe that's really the biggest point here. Mm -hmm. The purpose of sex is not just to provide pleasure. The purpose of sex is not just 
to provide pleasure to the husband, for sure. I mean, we'll maybe talk about this in a later podcast, but women are the only ones with an organ that was created purely for sexual pleasure. So clearly God, even in creation, had something bigger in mind than just intercourse when it came to uh, sex and the purpose for sex. But I think the purpose of sex is, for again, for more than just pleasure for the husband or the wife, the real purpose is to bring closeness and oneness. Sex just like everything else that we do in our relationships, should be geared toward making sure that we are fostering and encouraging and growing our oneness and our closeness and intimacy. That's really, truly what intimacy is. That's the reason why we named our, our organization here Intimate Covenant. Because intimacy is really the goal here. And intimacy is not just a euphemism for sex. Intimacy means seeing and knowing and wanting to be known and sharing who we really are and every aspect. Physically, certainly. And there's no more vulnerable way to be physical with someone than to be naked and share sexuality with another person. But more than just that, intimacy is about sharing emotional oneness and spiritual oneness and mental oneness, oneness in every way. And so again, I think that's where, that's really the primary underlying purpose for sex is to bring closeness and oneness in all of those ways. It's not just a physical activity. It's about bringing oneness and fostering closeness. The goal of sex is not orgasm. Say that again for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Again, all together now, the goal of sex is not orgasm about pleasure or orgasm. The goal for your sexual encounters and experiences and activities together should be to promote oneness, physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Did I leave anything out? No, but I was going to say, now, orgasm can be a great part of all of that. Oh, yes. And we'll get to that uh, Probably in another podcast. We would be remiss if we did not talk about the benefits of orgasm and sex. And I'm sure we'll be getting to that in lots of other subsequent episodes. But let me, again, let me just repeat this, that the, the, the goal of sex is to promote oneness. If couples could start seeing that this way, if couples could approach their sexual encounters with one another, their requests of one another, uh, and their conversations with one another from this perspective that they want to bring closeness to each other. And what can we do? What can I do? What can we do as a couple to uh, engage in sexual activity so that we can promote oneness? I think uh, if you start the conversation there, so many of the other conflicts that happen between couples about sex would just disappear or certainly become much more manageable. Right. But you have to go back to redefining what is sex and what is the purpose of sex. Because if you don't even know what you're asking for, if you don't even understand what you're requiring of your partner, uh, then your requests and desires for sex, whether it is that you want more or less or more variety or less variety or this or that or the other, no matter what you want, 
if you're asking for the wrong thing, then you can't even have an intelligent conversation about it. So anyway, we've, we've uh, certainly gone um, to quite some depths and maybe even gone off the deep end here, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for you to decide. Um, certainly, we would love to have your feedback about this. How do you define sex? How should sex be defined? And does it make a difference? And how does this definition uh, correlate with maybe what you've been taught or told? And would this definition be helpful to you and to your spouse? Right, to see you can, it in a different way. You can provide that feedback at podcast at intimatecovenant.com. That's our new email address. There you go. We would love podcast. to hear from you um, comments, uh, complaints, certainly, or even questions about maybe what we should cover in future podcasts. Okay, let's wrap this up. Uh, and I want to wrap this up in three succinct points for us, just like uh, every good preacher you've ever heard. Uh, Three succinct points. Here's your take home. Number one, broaden your definition of sex. And that means changing your language and changing your mindset. Uh, Broaden that definition to include any sexual activity that's intended to bring sexual pleasure for your partner. Number two, I want you to broaden your sexual experience so that you can be sure that each partner in your relationship is being blessed by sexual pleasure. Again, not the only goal for sex, but I think that's an important goal for sex. And number three, I want you to learn and strive to always use sex in your marriage as a gateway to closeness and oneness. Again, it's not always just about pleasure, certainly not always about the husband's pleasure, That's not how we should define or use sex. I want you and would encourage you and admonish you to use sex as a gateway for closeness and oneness. Okay, that's it. Podcast episode number one is in the books. We did it. This is your virtual high five to uh, each other and to you as listeners. Number one is in the books. We would be so grateful if you would... Go back to your iTunes or your or your whatever your podcast uh, server might be. Subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast. Tell your friends tell about your the podcast. Tell your friends, share it on your social media. Uh, we would love to try to help as many couples as we can through this avenue, this new avenue of us for podcasting. And certainly, again, we would really invite your feedback. What could we do better? What could we cover? What should we? Uh, what did we get wrong? What, uh, what did we get right? And how, how have we helped you? We would love to know. But until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thanks for listening to the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email inbox, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Join our online community, find more resources, and learn about upcoming events to help you and your marriage journey toward a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life.